Hey folks, I am blonde in the belly of the beast. And uh, I think it's appropriate because I'm on this YouTube suicide track. I just am trying to nuke my channel. I'm like, who who would be the best person to get on? Owen Benjamin, let's do it. So do it. <laughs> I got Owen Benjamin with me today. We're going to have a great discussion. And thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. And I got nuked off YouTube, but I'm back now uh, uh, guest hosting for a stream called um, Tea Time with Gary and Terry. It's really, uh, yeah, yeah. And so they never made any videos and they went on a world tour, but so I'm going to be guest hosting every episode. It's uh, just called Tea Time with Gary and Terry. So oh, that's really? doing my stream on YouTube now. And I haven't linked all of your stuff below yet because I'm uh, technologically illiterate and I'm still trying to figure out StreamYard. Uh, but if you just want to tell people at the top and at the bottom where they can find you, I think that'd be oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Unauthorized.tv is uh, my own website with my friend Vox who. You know, we we saw this coming uh, uh, years ago with all the censorship. So we got that. Bertaria Times app. You can get at any app store. That's our social media um, run by uh, some really awesome people, the Bertarian Times. And then, um, yeah, uh, where am I now? Oh, yeah. Well, just go to Tea Time with Gary and Terry on YouTube if you want to see it live. And then follow me on Gab and Telegram and all the alt places. And then bitchute.com slash uh, Owen Benjamin. Okay, great. And I'll link all that below um, when the stream is done. Because if I try to do it now, I think my computer will just... Don't worry explode. about it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of want to start... I think a lot of people already know that you were, a, you were a Hollywood guy. That's who you were rubbing shoulders with. And I think it's so fascinating that um, you lived this life where you you lived amongst these people, these terrible people. And you've, you've yeah. done this... You've had this amazing genesis. And now they're acting like you're crazy. They're acting like you're crazy. It's it's incredible to me. And so I wondered if you would tell us a little bit about where you came from and the stint you did in um in comedy uh and your show. Uh oh my gosh, the name escapes me. The the sitcom you did was fantastic. Uh Sullivan and Son. Then I was yeah, in the movie, yeah. I was in the House Bunny. I played the butler of that movie. Uh I I've done two Comedy Central specials, Leno, Fallon, all that stuff. So I've I I had quite a comedy career going. Here's the funniest part, though, is the last six months, they don't find me crazy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting weird, like, texts from, like, some pretty known people, like, hey, man, what's new? I'm like, let me guess. You want to know how to get your own goat milk? Yeah. <laughs> because, because the whole thing, I mean, I was just ahead of schedule. It's like. Yeah. yeah. And, and I keep asking them. I'm like, what's my crime? Like, what was my big crime? You know, yeah. so that I, I, I refuse to pretend uh, Caitlin was brave and beautiful. Like, Dude, <laughs> that's really. I. I I do. I did racial jokes. I'm like, guys, like I toured with you. I know what we did. Like, yeah. we used, they used to be open. Like Fallon was doing blackface. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it was like uh, my crime was I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change with the false tides. Like I was rooted when the tides were going in and out. And now the tide is, tide is out, you know? And so I, in, in the time of exile, because I was kicked off, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and they wouldn't, you know, and, and looking back now that it's all over, my crimes are so petty. I, they're yeah. like, at the time, I was like, you sexualized David Hogg. And my, <laughs> and my tweet was, I'm not going to listen. Be like, you can't tell me not to own a gun if you can't grow pubes yet. That was my tweet. That's it. That's and it, they man. pretended people looked right in my eye and pretended that that was sexual and not like a locker room jab at his lack of masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you can play those games for a while and then now comedy is dead out there. Like, you know, there's no comedy clubs. They have to perform literally in front of parking lots. Uh, everybody's getting kicked off. 
Twitter and Facebook, everybody's getting kicked off this stuff. So it's like, now I don't seem so crazy. And in the meantime, I got such a head start on what's to come in this world, you know, starting to homestead, doing my own channels, doing my own social media, doing, you know, building from the ground up. Like the way I accept super chats now, cause I'm not a lot on YouTube or PayPal is a PO box. At the time people thought again, it was crazy, but I'm like, your first amendment is only protected by the government. Yeah. None of these things are government. YouTube isn't government. PayPal is not government. And and I love it. You know, terms and conditions. I started uh, studying these people's terms and conditions, you know, especially with my lawsuit against Patreon and all this stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it's really not that bad. You just got to kind of bob and weave with it and understand that they have these cancerous um, ideologies. They're only leading to their own demise. I mean, yeah. if, I know a lot of their finances now from some of these legal actions I've taken and it's bad. I mean, if they don't have pumped in funny money, they're not, they're not lasting. They're not profitable because people want to hear interesting people. They don't want to hear uh, this fake, you know, it's one thing if you're like a middle school principal, you know, maybe you don't need to attack Caitlin, but <laughs> a comedian, like an, edgy yeah. comedian, I can't, you know, that's my job. And so now all these things are falling apart around people. They're they're looking to me because I'm completely uh, decentralized and anti fragile. You know. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel vindicated? I I no. I would have like two years ago. I would have. I would have been. I was thirsty for it. I was like, <laughs> I'm right. Admit it. Now <laughs> I literally just feel bad for him. I'm watching people yeah. smoke with a mask and like pretend that something's real that isn't. And 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 I'm just like their world must be extremely confusing and painful. And I just, oh, yeah. and you know, I got enough going. It's like with this weather, I'm just like <laughs> hauling like hot water for all my, I got a hundred animals. Yeah. You know, three little kids. I got an awesome wife. And um, so I don't, I don't care. I, I, I literally wish the best for them now, except for like a few of the evil ones. There's a couple <laughs> yeah. that are like evil. But yeah. A lot of them are just like, it's kind of like special for like a lot of Hollywood is almost like special forces guys that like, you know, halfway through some missions, they're like, wait a minute. Why did building seven go down? You know, they're <laughs> not like bad guys. They're like, just doing yeah. the job. It was like me. Like I'd be a part of, um, comedy stuff. And then years later I'd be like, was that a psychological operation? You know, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> and, yeah, totally. You have evil Hollywood where you have certain like kind of vampiric type people. Uh, but then you just have a lot of people that are just looking for that next gig and looking for uh, to please their uh, agents and managers. And I didn't have that feeling like I was looking to please the crowd, but I never cared about managers or agents. So it was very easy for me to kind of not go down their hellish path because I was looking to kill with the crowd and the crowd always wanted the truth. And yeah. the managers and agents wanted the like the spun truth where it's like, you know, I have, I had this really cool manager. I still like him, but he'd be like, Hey man, I've been getting a lot of calls about your tweet. And I'm like, wow, what's wrong with it? He's like, Oh, you know, just can you take it down, man? Oh, like, that's weak. Wrong. And he's like, no man, but come on. And so I never would do that. So that's why, uh, you know, things took that a sucks, turn. Though. Comedians used to be like court chesters. They were the only people that could tell the king the truth. And I remember watching, I think it was bigger, blacker and uncut. And I was just in stitches. Like I thought I was going to pee my pants laughing. And then the last Chris Rock special 
unwatchable. I, I was unwatchable. like, it was unwatchable. And people have been like, watch the new Dave Chappelle, not the one where he's licking George Floyd's butthole the whole time, but the one before that, because they're like, it's so edgy. It's so edgy. And then I watch it. He says like half a thing about a, a tranny. I'm like, this is oh, it. This is way, what passes for edgy. Word for word. Like, I know. And he's he's done me. that side by side. The, except for me, it was a party and I didn't invert it. He oh, did man. the exact joke. Rogan even admitted recently it was my joke. And my whole thing was it's a slippery slope of degeneracy. He yeah. took it the other way and justified it. I was saying, you know, <clears> the L's, <throat> then the G's and the B's and then the T's. And I do the whole thing. And then I show that anything off the path just keeps going. Like you get to the P's and the L's seem a lot better because they're just, you know, <laughs> sweaters and driving Subarus. But in reality, you know, that argument is not that different than the yeah. people like, well, you know, we just were he we're hedonistic. And yeah. So, yeah. So I do the joke in order to show that truth. He uses my exact joke to, to talk about how there we got to keep moving forward, which is this atheistic, nihilistic, nonsense, materialistic, utilitarian. And we're seeing what happens. I mean, I was a World War II history major studying the Czech Republic about tyrannical takeovers. And this is it. This is how yeah. it is. It's just, and it's not like they're going to put us in gulags or anything. They're just going to descend. There's a groups of people that don't descend, but these, these, these people just become so material and so utilitarian that they just keep going down. And they're like, you know, you're not rewarded based on merit, based on being funny, you're rewarded based on serving your handlers. Yeah. And that's the antithesis of comedy. And so I'm really enjoying it because all my competition is just committing suicide. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like they're like, and I'm just, yeah. I feel like the boat in Forrest Gump, like the one that just wasn't wrecked, and so I get all the shrimp. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I, really. I show in any city right now and do two thousand seats in like a warehouse. Yeah, and a lot of these guys can't get thirty people to to do one of their honking Joe Biden like, you know, uh, parking lot speeches. It's just everybody's got to stay safe. Yeah, really. No I mean, I used you. to live in LA too. Can you imagine living in LA right now? It would be terrible. It would be a nightmare. I, oh, I, I cannot I imagine. I talk to every day down there and they say it's uh, everything's changed. Like there's nobody on the street. The people are terrified. Even like the rollerblading gays that were like fearless, they're full of fear. And so <laughs> 2020 vision, I really think we're in an apocalypse right now where that which was hidden is being revealed. And the fear of these people is just mind blowing. Like, you know, way up the food chain. I know some real hitters and they're terrified of this, this deadly thing that has a 99.9% .9 survival rate. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Uh, I their house, but yet they'll do like sodomy. Yeah, I know. It's like, what are you doing? They're like, do blow and have promiscuous sex in bathrooms. Right. And then they're like, oh, I'm, I'm worried about, about coronavirus. I never tune into Rogan. Uh, but I love Tool, and so I watched the interview like with too. Maynard, which yeah. was a huge mistake. Huge mistake. I never should have done that because I'm just listening to him talk about how like this is get COVID has given him rheumatoid arthritis, and then these two fags are just talking about jujitsu the entire time and stuff, and it just like it ruined it ruined Tool for me. Like COVID is making me hate my most <laughs> beloved musical artists and, and actors and every it's, it's making me hate everybody. It's turned everybody into a huge retard. I can't yeah. do it anymore. I mean, North Idaho is pr pretty normal though. I, I gotta say. Boy, normal. Yeah. yeah. I, I see a lot of, it's like a lot of the idols and icons are, are fake, but a lot of the, the non idols and icons are really showing some strength. Norm McDonald's still cool. 
Oh, hell yeah. Of course, like, Norm MacDonald's still cool. Yeah, yeah, but 99% of comics have, are, have lost their minds. But Norm is like, yeah, so uh, like he's still <laughs> the same guy. You know, he's still. Do you Norm. know him? I've never met him, but I think uh, I'm not Norm MacDonald Bear might be him in my chat. But I, I have a, a ton of respect for him. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I watch his old stuff all the time. And he's he must genius. be a pariah out there, too. I'm well, sure he's he is. so weird. He's so artistic that I, I don't think he follows the same. He's not in the social sexual hierarchy. Like he's just out. Yeah. So, you know, in the male social sexual hierarchy, he would be called like a Sigma. Like he's not, he's <laughs> not in it. And so it's almost like he's the funny type of Unabomber type guy, you know? <laughs> so he's like a genius, but you don't really, he doesn't have to follow the same rules as other yeah. people. It's like, yeah. So, eh, yeah, he's just like, <laughs> The best place to find a body is a, a shallow grave. <laughs> he, he's like, he invented a delivery style, which yeah. is, uh, which kind of gets you out of a lot of, you know, you know, if anybody turns on Norm, no matter what he says, would just look ridiculous. That's true. And he seems like a really nice guy, too. Yeah, yeah. And just out there, he just seems like a savant. Like, he's yeah. just a guy. Like, I know somebody that was on that knows him really well and says, like, every now and then he'll just get like, really mad for like not not like bad mad he's like we're supposed to have breakfast and we're the omelet was gonna you know and he's just like really obsessive <laughs> um and he just reminds me of almost as like amadeus in that movie just like, <laughs> yeah. the amadeus of comedy so he's still <laughs> kept his edge he's one of the only famous people that is still funny you know yeah. it's like even the clean ones that that weren't edgy like gaffigan you know he's like tweeting 50 tweets about how Trump is the devil and all this. And I'm like, you're not funny, man. Yeah. You're supposed to see past the left, right paradigm. Like we're outsiders, you know? And like all this politics stuff, I'm like, the two forces are money and morality. You got finances <laughs> and morality. How far can you push the people who know right and wrong? And so the money is buying the politicians and they have to pretend to serve the morality of the people. So the higher the morality, the lower the money, the more the people are crushing. The higher the money, the lower the morality, the more they're crushing. And the politicians are literally like dinner theater players. <laughs> I know. So so like, oh, it's, it's Trump's America. It's Biden's America. I'm like, no, it's because you you don't have any responsibility for your life. You know, the more people homestead, I know you want to talk about this. So this could be a good transition. But the more people homestead, the less strain there is on the supply chains. Yeah. The less they have to make these like mutant you know, Bill Gates food. Yeah. Cause like when America was great, like make America great again, it had to do with personal accountability. It had to do with everyone had chickens. Everyone had a garden. Everyone had a gun and, and people shirked their responsibilities. So the supply chains are so strained that they have to use all this spray and genetic stuff just to get enough food to keep people from like passing out. <laughs> I know. I think a lot of people are really stressed out by the the idea of homesteading. I mean, I and also a lot of people um they have this this rose-colored view of what homesteading is like and and I'm about to get into homesteading and I'm I know that it's going to be mostly shoveling shit and stuff like that. I'm I'm not that's totally delusional think. about it. Yeah, um, that's what you think. Really? That that's kind of reassuring because I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do this. But I think that people um don't want to do it. One of the reasons is they don't know where to start. So where did you start uh, in terms of homesteading? I know now you've got a ton of animals, you've got a huge greenhouse, right? You definitely yeah. have enough food to feed your family and probably your neighbors' families, and you really have it under control. Five families? Yeah, five families, yeah. 
I follow well, Amy's Instagram and she's always, she's, she told me she has more milk than she can do anything with. That's you know? insane. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to uh, do it really simply, like for example, behind me, as you can see there, those are tomato plants. They're just under a light. So um, it's really the most intuitive, simple thing imaginable for a few things. So growing indoors, very easy. Just put a little grow light over it or just put it near a, a window. Spray water once, twice a day. Right there, that's 12 tomato plants from seed. That will give you, you know, hundreds of pounds of tomatoes if you just keep watering and just doing nothing. It's it's so intuitive, it's crazy. Chickens are extremely easy. Stay away from goats, cows, sheep, all that stuff. Like, that's when you need infrastructure. Really? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love cows. I, I love milk cows, milk goats, all that. But for the people that feel overwhelmed, chickens are completely like they're complete they do their own thing it's and they each one gives you an egg a day and they're insanely cheap okay so you can get a, a chick from like um you know a tractor supply or something like that for like two dollars most of them live you know that's the the time when the most of them die though but most of them do live if you just uh put a little light in there like a warm light some feed some water Within, I don't know, maybe it's four months, six months. I don't always remember, but they get old enough to each chicken lays one egg a day. And if you don't want the noise, don't have a rooster. Okay. So if you just have four chickens and you get a little coop for them, uh, the coop is very simple. It's just a bar they can like roost on, a place where they can lay eggs. Uh, if you if you have any land, you let them free range around, but that's all they need. And so just keep their feeder filled with, you know, um, feed and then give them food scraps and they'll give you an egg every day. The winter they, they dial down a little bit, but that's how chickens work. It's so easy. Cows and all that, rumids and all that, it's like, it's another level. But once you get the bug, once you get addicted to it, you totally understand it. And so if you want to start really simply, like you can have a full-time job, full family, it'll add nothing to your day. Just get four or five chickens without a rooster so that you don't have, um, you know, they don't wake up your neighbors or anything. Some neighborhoods don't like roosters, but, uh, you know, down the line, if you have land, roosters are great. They, they protect the chickens and they fertilize eggs, but you can literally just keep them in a coop and just kind of move the coop every now and then. And then they just, it just kind of fertilizes the grass it was on. And that's it. They give you an egg every day. They live about seven years. And so, a very minimal investment will give you, and the egg yolk is so dark and awesome. It, like once you have your own chicken eggs, you you can't go back to the. Oh really? Store. Yeah, even even free range, it's like it's like disgusting, and so it's the same with like goat milk and cow milk. Like you get raw, unpasteurized milk. Like we get three gallons a day from one cow. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah. Oh man. One cow, and so. And, uh, and then we have alpaca where we get all our wool, where Amy makes like, um, you know, hats and clothes and stuff. And, um, goat milk is awesome. Goats. If you're going to get into, uh, milking, the best is Nigerian dwarfs. Cause they're small enough where you can like dominate them physically. So you can like throw them around. Um, and they don't give you a lot of milk, but they're really sweet animals and it's really chill. But if you're just like, totally have no idea what you're doing and you want to get into this, you can like potatoes grow like weeds. So do kale. Like not only do you not really have, depending on where you live, you don't even have to think about some of these things like yeah. kale. I, I grew some kale in an area and then I forgot about it. And then like a year later, it was just like kale everywhere. Like they just, they, 
they grow, they go to seed, they drop seed, which is like a thousand more little kales, and they just keep growing. And like, I recommend getting some apple trees or something like that. And just the more diversity you have, like a blueberry bush, blackberry bush, something like that. Um, over time, you, you start developing this land and I'm talking eighth of an acre. You can be fine. Yeah. Um, chickens, gardening, all of it, eighth of an acre. And so over time, what I'm describing is uh, all you need. And then you can supplement your because the famine that's coming is nutritional. It's not food. You're always going to be able to get cheap, disgusting food from the store. Uh, so your 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 gut will feel full. You just won't have any vitamins or nutrition. So that's why it's important to supplement with uh, a garden and some chickens. And so if you do that, you're fine. You don't even need to produce enough food for your family. You just need like a little extra that comes from actual soil. And so making soil is really fun. You know, you use your food scraps, you compost, you use ashes and, uh, you know, it's awesome. And so when you realize where soil comes from and how you can make it, uh, it becomes an incredibly fun thing. Like Amy's parents are like totally normal people in a suburb, like by the book, just as normal as they get. And we left a couple of chickens behind because I couldn't capture them because a couple of them were getting real sleuthy. And so they... <laughs> their house and now they're chicken people like they love the chickens oh yeah oh they're yeah because it's most people like picture you know like ding 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 like you picture chickens you picture like like you have to have this whole hillbilly life and play a banjo <laughs> and all this stuff but in reality they just do their own thing and that's why there's that phrase uh the chickens are coming home to roost which means no matter where they go at evening the chickens all come back and roost in the same spot yeah you know, and that's where that comes from. And so, yeah, we have like a hundred chickens, ducks. You, you have a hundred chickens. Are ducks yeah. worth it? Ducks are really funny. I <laughs> um like like because they're always like walking around like. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just for comedy, yeah. You know, I, I, I slaughter the chickens, but the ducks have a lot of personality. I mean, I, I would slaughter the. Ducks, but uh, <laughs> around, you know, they yeah. have really big eggs, great for baking. Yeah. But as far as um, homesteading, it's you know, but they're they're really funny. You know, you know, you can't be in a bad mood and see. I call them baby boomer ducks because they're like, we went to the moon. Man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the Federal Reserve. Man. <laughs> what have you done, Millennium? <laughs> like like walking around like they're so arrogant, but at any time, anything can kill them. Just like baby boomers. <laughs> like they're like, my house is worth a million dollars, millennial. But any, just, any time, they're just, they're just And so uh, I recommend. So that's how I recommend it, where it's just like, and have fun with it. You know, it, it's addicting and it's not hard. It's hard. It's I, I wouldn't call it hard, but like a cow, like cows are a thing. You know, when you're dealing with a 1,200 pound animal, yeah. it's just a thing. You know, like uh it's a step that I think could cause, give people anxiety if they don't like know what they're doing and they could be like, what have I got myself into? And they break through a fence and, you know, but chickens are like, they're easier than going to the store. It's easier than finding a parking spot. Yeah. I swear to God. And, and they're, and once you get the connection to your food like that, so many of these like fear tactics of the news just go away because most people are scared because they're dependent on the system. That's why they're doing these preposterous things. And so, the more you're not dependent on the system, like if you have a well, you know your neighbors, you have a chicken, like 
the, the, the TV doesn't scare you. And that's why Americans used to be less scarable, you know, yeah, yeah. right and left wing in America right now, like a lot of the right wing are, are acting very jumpy and feminine as well. You know, it's not like a one side's right at this point because so many of them are like, so this is America. And I'm like, do you, how many chickens do you have? They're like, man, <laughs> where are you getting your water from this city? It's full of fluoride. It's why I'm retarded. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, okay, man. So when you talk about making America great again, you're talking about self sovereignty. You know, that's, yeah, that's what it was. You know, I'm like a descendant from Clark from Lewis and Clark. And I always think about that. Like, like every time I get kind of down, I'm like, those guys didn't even have roads. They were just crushing. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's when people romanticize America as a time when it was very, very hard. Yeah. But they, their lives were more fulfilling. So how has homesteading changed your perspective on life and given you more purpose? Oh, it's it's made the the screen stuff not matter at all. You know, I used to get more wrapped up in like, you know, what all this stuff was happening in the world. And now like my 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 uh, problems are very immediate and very visceral. And more important. So it's like this morning was very cold. So I have to like take a bunch of buckets of hot water and make sure they all have enough water. You know, I have to water all these animals. And like twice a day, every day, seven days a week, I have to milk all the animals or else they go dry. So it's like there is no vacation. There is no travel. There is no like uh, shirking my responsibility. And so when how many animals are you milking twice a day? Eight goats and one cow. But it's cool. You know, I listen to podcasts. It's like, and then you realize how much more time you have because then I just stop watching TV. I stop watching yeah. movies. I stop like caring about dumb stuff. And I realized that my day is so much more full. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people are like, where would I get the time? And I'm like, what are you doing? They're like watching this great Netflix series. <laughs> I'm like, there that's, it is. that's 10 hours of your life right there. Yeah. And they don't see it. You know, milking a cow is like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And if and it also helps you get these um, these like cycles down where you're like this day I get a bunch of hay and I fill them up and then I you're just always looking at energy cycles then you apply it to the whole world then you apply it to comedy you know like living a life has helped me write a lot of comedy you know like uh, a lot of comedians are just in airplanes and hotels and clubs so all their jokes are the same you know I'm writing jokes about the first guy who drank goat milk. You know, like you don't get those ideas unless you're there where it's just like the first guy that's like, dude, I'm going to drink that. And they're like, that's <laughs> crazy, man. And, then, and I was like, that was crazy. But the real crazy was the, the second guy to do it. Where he's like, I'm in too. <laughs> it's like the evolution of, of how we got into drinking milk. And, um, and, you know, when you live a life, you have more to write about. And so that's, and also like my kids, like, giving my kids responsibility, giving my kids a connection to death. You know, we say a prayer before like cutting off the head of a chicken and watching uh, uh, mom, you know, make it. It's like, you, you can't teach that in schools and we're homeschooling and all that stuff. And I think that's really the future. People are looking for a political solution to a family problem. Yeah, definitely. And people were, you know, talking about you all the time. Like you were doing something so insane because you left this, concrete jungle and now you're living off the land with your beautiful wife and children and everybody's yeah. like look at this crazy asshole it's like what are, you, <laughs> what are you talking about like he's clearly exuding confidence and happiness like you're one of the most joyous people i've ever met um so it, it, it i do understand why you 
feel sorry for these people now, but I, I yeah. can't understand the mentality where like a little part of you doesn't want to be like, see, vindicated, vindicated in all of this. <laughs> well, cause I think what's coming is really, really dark. So, yeah. you know, like where we are right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I can be a little vindicated where I'm like, see, I told you, like, look, I, like I'm still doing comedy and you guys aren't, but you know, I'm um, gifted and cursed with foresight. And so I think in <laughs> years, uh, it's not going to be like, I won't want to stand over their rotting bodies being like, I told you so. <laughs> I think it's going to get really, really bad for people without communities, without any skills, yeah. without any, you know, I mean, like really bad. And I'm not like uh, a pessimist either. Like I, I've been very accurate about my predictions, except for I'm too optimistic. You know, I always think that more people will see through something than they do. And so I'm really not even a pessimist and I'm not like a doomsday guy. Like I'm, I don't, I'm not a despair oriented person at all. But when you look at, you know, like the Baltic index and all this stuff about um, uh, the Baltic dry index, I think it's called where it's how many ships are being sent out every day and how shipping costs are up 400%, how all these supply chains are being stressed to a degree that's insane and it hasn't hit retail yet. And all the people that are living on funny money right now that's about to catch up. I mean, if anyone wants to talk about Weimar Republic, I'm happy to. But then they go, <laughs> oh, how dare you? How dare you? So I'm like, okay, man, all good. Yeah. And so there is a bit of a survival or a survivor's guilt that's associated with knowing how many people are going to be in a, a situation where I don't know how they're going to you know, survive. I mean, how are they going to survive? They're like, FEMA camps. I'm like... How, why are you more scared of FEMA camps than the emergency that causes the FEMA camps? Yeah. Like, there's going to be people clawing to get into the FEMA camp. Yeah. And, and like how many people, how long do you think they're going to want to uh, feed you and, and put a blanket around you before they're going to want some organs? Yeah, really? <laughs> and people are like, oh, how dare you? You're so dark. I'm like, remember when you said that to me four years ago and now comedy's dead? You're living <laughs> in debt in a little honeycomb in a city with no supply chains? Like yeah. it happened. Everything I predicted happened. And, they're, and so they're like, wow, you bet a thousand. Way to go, big man. And so what next? And I'm like, okay, well, this is what's coming next. And they're like, oh, no, that's way too dark and crazy. You're an insane person. I'm like, okay, man. You know, uh, my mom always called me uh, Cassandra when I was like, not like in a creepy way, but there's this myth. <laughs> there's this myth of this girl that could see the future that, and no one believed her. So it was constantly frustrating. Yeah. Because I used to be like this as a kid, too. And, um, uh, and so I'd be like, well, this, this is a mathematical inevitability. It's an algorithm. It's a, you know, it's like the, you know, I'm a piano player. So I'm like, this is the key of death. <laughs> <laughs> and right now the nutrition and food is going down, down, yeah. down. The price of food is going up, up, up. People are being atomized. Communities are being broken. Institutions are failing. What do you think comes next? And they're like, you're insane person. I'm like, okay. And that, so what, what, what's really happening is they don't want me on any of their social media anymore. And all of their, their attacks against me didn't work. You know, yeah. they call me all these names and now looking back, it's crazy. It's like, I make fun of like black dudes stealing bikes. And I'm like, and a lot of black dudes come to my shows and stuff and they think it's hilarious. And if a logical person stops and thinks who's actually hating the black community is it cardi b trying to get them to become prostitutes yeah or is it someone trying to shame crime yeah <laughs> like yeah. like when i was a kid you shamed bad behavior that's what you did so if you view the black population as like animals 
you you encourage them to become prostitutes like WAP yeah. or like NWA or all this stuff. And I'm like, but if you see a human being as someone who, who should be shamed out of doing bad behavior, that's clearly not a supremacist attitude. A supremacist yeah. attitude would be somebody who sees them as so low that they just encourage them to become street horse. Yeah. And yeah. And so the inversion is so total and so absurd that I just backed away and I got a well and I got animals and I got friends all around me and I know my sheriff and I know all these people. And I, I, because I stopped, I stopped trying to ring their bell. I stopped trying to, because I'm like, you got to straighten your life out or things are going to get bad. You know, yeah. this is going to be the biggest collapse I think in human history because you have all this wealth. Cause a lot of times in American history, we've had bigger economic collapses but people had gardens. People had, you know, even in World War II, you had a victory garden. You had everybody had a chicken. Yeah. Everybody had a garden. Everybody had a gun. Right now. And they knew their neighbors too. Exactly. And they didn't have it. They had faith. They didn't have this materialistic hatred for each other. It wasn't so just psychotic and entitled, so addicted. You know, nowadays, you see, grab one out there, buddy. Nowadays, Nowadays, only 2% of the population has any means of their own food, too. It used to be 80% in the 1950s. It's now two. And so people want to get mad at, at these, like, mutant crops and stuff and Bill Gates and all that. I'm like, the supply chains are, are like, run down because I got to – I have an organic farm, so it's like I have to, like, burn the roots of weeds and, like, really arduously take them out of the ground. I couldn't do that on 5,000 acres. You'd have to spray it. Yeah. And so that's why they spray. And then that's where the cancer comes from. And that's where the bad nutrition comes from. And it's like, I'll just lay down these algorithms and then people can't, they feel pain. And they're in such this comfortable, you know, state, this like womb of like fiat currency where they're like, how dare you? How dare you? You're a bigot. And I'm like, oh, good, dude. Yeah. I'll, if, you, if you need any advice, let me know. What do you do with... I, I'm, I don't know. I'm having my own struggle with anger and hatred <laughs> and it's not healthy for me. I mean, I was talking right, to Roosh yeah. V the other day and he was like, I used to be in this place where I would attack people and now I, I pray yeah. for them. And totally. I'm like, I can't, I can't seem to get there. I'm really, really pissed off all the time. What do you do with your anger and hatred? I don't think you know how bad it gets for these people yet. Maybe that's why yeah. you feel hatred. Cause it's like, you still see them as like competitors or threats. Maybe because they're, they're, I'm telling you, it's dark. They're yeah. like, like, it's, a, it's, uh, they can't hurt you. They can't, they're only hurting themselves. Like everything they're doing. And this is coming from a guy who's been kicked off Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Patreon, Vimeo, Venmo, PayPal, D live and all unfairly too. It's like crazy. You know, it's like, uh, Patreon kicked me off for doing my hashtag me too joke, you know, the pound me too, where I was like, you know, I, the whole thing was a uh, dramatic irony that I didn't understand. It was a hashtag. I'm like, pound me too, pound me too. Easy lady. Stop being so thirsty, you know? <laughs> and they'll let on actual rapists. Like, not rapists, <laughs> you know, like Brian Callen yes. has been accused by like five chicks of actually raping them. And he's got a thriving Patreon account. But yeah, yeah for some reason, my, my words about it, you see a grab out there, boy. And so I easily could have fallen into that uh, anger thing where it's like, you're going to let on like kitty porn on YouTube and you're going to kick me off for talking about the sky clock and, and like, 
I, I'm like, what is this? And so I realized that it was actually, um, I, you know, I, I think it's a God protection situation where they're like, God, I think you get kicked out of hell and then there's a protection where you don't get sucked back into hell and they just keep kicking you out until you realize that where it's like, you know, D live. And then I go on Trovo within four days. I'm their top earner canceled. Kick me off. Why was, Trovo yeah. kicked you off? Oh yeah. I'm not allowed on anything. And don't get, don't worry. You're fine. They, they don't kick me off. They don't kick off people that have me as guests. It's my, it's my income. So anyway, oh, I, I don't care. I'm, I, I'd be so happy. I promise nobody's ever been kicked off for having me. It's uh, <laughs> that's my tea time with Gary and Terry is, is going to be a real hit. <laughs> so, I, yeah so it's uh it's always an attack at the income where it's like the 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 merchant class the um the the merchant the i don't know what to call it the, the supply chains they own the money and so if you don't play ball with their agenda which is you know transsexualism abortion all this stuff it's like if you're really outspoken and you have a big audience they'll that the, the way they try and punish and make an example out of you and they did this big with me because I had a massive Hollywood audience. So I was in the eye. I, wa I was like, you know, followed by all these people. So um, they had to make an example out of me. One, because I, you know, to stay with their agenda. And two, Hollywood didn't want other comedians to know they could self-produce their own uh, specials and they didn't need agents. You know, as soon as I got kicked out of my agency because of the trans kids thing, I wouldn't apologize about that. Um I, do, I shot my and uh, produced my own special in England called uh, Feed the Bear. You can get it at unauthorized.tv or Amazon. I have three specials on Amazon. Amazon's pretty pretty good about just being like nihilistically business oriented. Yeah, so yeah. that's pretty cool. But, um, <laughs> but so that they didn't want that out. You know, as soon as the hookers realize they don't need a pimp, it's really bad for them, the pimps. Yeah. So I'm like, you can just do it online. It's fine. And the pimps are like, you shut up, ho. <laughs> and uh, and I was the ho. <laughs> and so, yeah, they kicked All it did is force me to, you know, there was two roads. I could either become bitter and angry and full of despair, or I could build my own platforms, build infrastructure, figure out my way around it, figure out what really matters and grow because the devil can't create the devil can only influence and mimic and mock yeah, so yeah if you can create an improv and pivot uh evil forces of this world they don't know what to do they actually start like dan it's weird they start almost like envying you it's weird it's like I, i've almost gotten these intuitive feelings that um uh, some real dark forces in this world and like almost look at me like nice <laughs> because they're they're so filled with like self-hatred, but like, if you don't do what they say, it's almost like, um, it's almost like, uh, you know, like a rapist or a kidnapper or somebody when the, when the girl fights back and doesn't do it, they, they almost are like, like a brief minute is like, good for you. Yeah. yeah really myself. Like I'm a monster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, okay. So like my focus has been, how am I going to take care of my husband and how is he going to take care of me in this situation? How are we going to take care of our baby, my parents, my friends, but you're one of the only people that I can think of that's thinking much, much bigger than this. If you want to talk a little bit about Bertaria, I think that would be great. Yeah. It's like, yeah. If you think bigger, everything falls into place. It's like, so we started, um, so I was, I was kicked out of all comedy clubs and all theaters. Bear in mind, They'll have literally anybody. They'll have like 
like PayPal, and I, I was kicked off um, GoFundMe. They they'll fundraise a nine year old's trans surgery. Oh God, well, yeah. like they're they're insane. And so there's no moral justification for it. So they just had to use trickery. So I'm not allowed. I have my picture painted on the wall of the Hollywood Improv. Like I'm in the mural. I'm like one of the legends. And they won't let me. I, I wasn't even allowed to rent these places. I would pay five grand to rent it, and they give me my money back and say we we looked at your Wikipedia. Which, by the way, all came true, including Bill Gates. You know, they tell me all this stuff is like a shame tactic, like four years ago, and now they have to slowly like delete it because they're like, yeah. oh, that happened. Yeah, uh, really. No. And so, and so, uh, I figured out that I could do shows at private businesses, like, uh, like uh, any warehouse, and I could also do shows at airport hangars. I think Trump got that from me, actually. Seriously. And I could also perform at public libraries because First Amendment is protected by the government, not companies. And so I started setting up these networks of like people I knew that would let me perform at, in like their barn or their warehouse or something. So we started something called the Great Bear Trail. It was very organic. And then slowly we started realizing that we should barter with each other and have our own supply chains. Yeah. And then we started Bertaria, which is Bertaria is like, it's almost like a nation within a nation where it's like we, and it doesn't offend the beast. It doesn't go at the beast. It goes to the side of the beast. It's not like a threat. It's not like Libya trying to start a gold back dinar, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> what we do is we, we like have thousands now of homesteads and small businesses and people looking for work and people who have work and skills and all this. And we have networks now where they even have meetups in person where they all get together and they uh, uh, coordinate and social network and all this stuff. And then we started Bertaria Times, where we have uh, a media source that has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with Babylon. It's just about uh, homesteading and funny stuff about family. And it's like the most censored guy does the most censoring. Like I, my platforms are completely clean. And so, and then Bertaria Times app came out and it's uh, run by some really good guys. They've even censored me before, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> And so people are getting together and having all these, uh, you know, people are starting families, starting businesses, uh, sharing their goods, their services. And so we're in a position where we're trying to uh, detach without starting like a commune or anything, but we're just detaching from the systems. People are still having their jobs, their houses, all that. But like we, we know each other now. And so I really empowered a lot of the people that follow me, not as like, fans, but as, you know, people in my life community. And so I fundraised a crowd, uh, fundraised for a campground in North Idaho called Ursa Rio. It's right on a river. It's awesome. We're going to build it up this spring. And, uh, because I saw what's coming clearly is national parks and whatnot are going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if they need a vaccine passport in the future and people are wearing masks and everything's insane. And the, the agenda is to, like close down people's ability to be in nature. Yeah. So uh, we're slowly creating a physical infrastructure where you can have shows and classes and homeschool events and Bible studies or whatever, like craft meetups or anything outside of these this licensing uh, world. And so that's been growing and growing and it's been awesome. And that wouldn't have happened if they didn't censor me. Like if I, I'd still just be on Twitter, like you're stupid, you know? And because yeah. it gave me no other out, out and I don't give up, like I'm just, I, it's not in my nature that I just, uh, 
we just kept going and unauthorized.tv, which was incorporated in Europe. So it's like a whole different thing. Um, we just accepted that we're not authorized people. And if people want to hear us, they can subscribe there. But I try to have as many mirror channels as I can. So if you don't have any money or anything, you can still listen. But um, I think the future is extremely bright. I just think that like people have to really accept a challenge because yeah. no one else is going to do it. These, these institutions are dead. So the cops aren't going to protect you. The college isn't going to teach you. You know, the, the, the hospital isn't, it's hospitals are great for trauma injuries. I'm not like against Western uh, medicine when it comes to trauma, surgery, stuff like that, but wellness, they're terrible. So like, they're not going to keep you healthy. A, a, a grocery store isn't going to give you nutrition. A bank isn't going to save your money. Like once you realize these things at first, there's a wave of anger and fear and stuff like that. But then you're like, growing tomatoes on your shelves and you're like, yeah. man, I, I'm way more, my world is so much more visceral and good and, and like beautiful because it's right around me. I don't have to offload it to China. I can make my own stuff. Yeah. And then the tendency, uh, I mean, right now, I think drug deaths and alcohol deaths are up 18 to 25%. Insane. And I, I see now why people would be slipping into addiction, but I want to remind people that, you know, life really opens up for you when you can, uh, when you're not ruled by your vices. Like I quit drinking years ago and it has yeah. vastly improved my quality of life. Um, but now I, I definitely see why people would be tempted. It's easy to fall into, uh, into despair. So can you talk a little bit about how we can avoid being blackpilled? I mean, I, I love talking to people like you that see that hard times are coming, but they see it as an opportunity. Um, yeah. And I think that's really what we need right now from people. Well, so good times make weak men, weak men make hard times, hard times make strong men, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, right? So the black pill is, I understand it too, but that's still a dependent feeling. It, you're black pilled only when you're looking at daddy to provide for you. And that's the whole reason we're in this position where you're looking at daddy, whether it's, you know, a, a religious thing where if your church closed for six months, now you don't feel God. And it's like, th that's not your connection. Right. Same with like food. It's like we got to this place because of dependency and because of looking at other people to solve our problems. So um, I despair for one is a sin. It's just straight up a sin. It's, it's like a rejection of God's plan. So that alone, every time you and, and that's helped a lot of people to say it like that. A lot of people yeah. to me like that. It's, it's just straight up bad. So if, if you feel despair, you're rejecting God's creation and God's plan for your life. And that, you know, is not going to lead to a good place. So when you make the decision that I will not feel that, that this is for a reason, that this hardship is for a reason, so much hardship just disappears. You know, I'm already to the point. I mean, two years ago, people were writing me off as like, like an insane person and like an embarrassment. And, you know, people are writing endless blogs about how I lost my mind and I'm so embarrassing. And I'm already to a point where people are saying, must be nice. And it's like, how, so, so within those years, do, do people think that I was just like gifted anything? Like <laughs> that in these last two years, I, I just got like a, a banker to give me money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I went from very, very low place where I was drinking and I was, um, you know, ranting and like really. I, I wouldn't cuck. I wouldn't lose my position. Like I, I stood my ground, but it had effects on me and I was kind of a little manic, but 
I was right, you know, about yeah. trans trans kids stuff is is child abuse, and I wouldn't apologize, and that's why. Yeah. I lost and how would everybody else have fared in that situation? People don't understand the psychological effects of being outcasted by society. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people would be suicidal in that situation, and in, in most cases, I would say, and like what you you were just like a little drunk and ranty. That's not so bad, right? And I was going from making twenty grand a show, like from colleges, to to hauling brush for $20 an hour with like a new baby, you know, yeah. I, I was at that point where it was like, uh, it was, it was, it was intense. And so I wouldn't cock, I wouldn't stop, but slowly I started seeing how I could get through this with the help of, uh, you know, a lot of really good people in my life, my family. And the more, the irony about all of it is if you hold the line, you get authentic faith, not like, yeah churchy and faith where you like, I'm not trying to like criticize people, but where they just recite words and they think it means something versus like, you know what that crown of thorns feels like. Like, you know what these people are talking about when, they, when they're talking about, you know, the, the, the father of lies. Like when you see the, the, like all these people that said that they were your friend and they were in your community, all are like, <laughs> and it becomes very real. And then you realize you're, you're living in the Bible where it's like, it's a living book where it's like, this is the struggle. The struggle is the devil or whatever you want to call him is always trying to get you off the path. It's always trying to make right. you angry or selfish or lustful or wrathful. And the more you, you don't do that, you realize that they don't have any real power. They just have influence and they have fear and that grows you as a human being. And so the black pillars are still looking for daddy to save them. They're still like, well, when is the TV going to say nice things? It's not. <laughs> the TV is going to try and scare you until you self-destruct. Are you going to or not? Yeah. You know, kind of like someone um, auditioning or auditioning, but like trying out for like um, a, a major football team or something. It's like, why are you making me run so hard? It's like, you're cut. Yeah. And it's like, you're mean. It's like, yeah, okay. yeah. And I think that it's to the point now where the calling because when you work with animals, what society is doing is so clear. You know, a goat, I put them, they, they, they get intrigued by the treat, like debt, right? And they go in to start eating their debt, like their popcorn, their pornography, their sugar, whatever it is. And then I put something over their neck so they can't move. And then I'm behind them extracting their wealth and resources. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and I do it every day. And so, and then you have... The males that don't look like they're going to be good breeders. So what do I do? I wrap their balls with a uh, rubber band until they fall off. Have yeah. fun. And they get yeah. to play with the girls. <clears throat> and then there's <laughs> something called the calling of the herd where the weak ones, you put them out to pasture. And if you don't, and they, and you don't feed them, you know, it's like, Hey, go hang out. And if they, they require too much food, you kill them. So it's like society is literally calling the herd. It's saying, yeah. Okay, well, you're being stressed out. Stress, stress, stress. There's too many people for their system. If we lived in God's kingdom, I know I'm talking kind of, I'm not like a churchian guy. Like I'm friends with all types of people, Buddhists, Muslims, all kinds of people. So the way I'm talking, I know I seem a little intense, but it's just how I think when it comes to these topics. But it's like, uh, if people lived in God's kingdom where it was like how you have to work, like the closest thing would be like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. You know, there's no lack of resources for anybody. There's no scarcity. False scarcity is false. It's a way to extract uh, money and wealth from a population. It's a 100% lie. There's unlimited food. 
So that being said, in their system, there's way too many people. That's why they want only 500 million people in the world. A, they can't scale Bitcoin anymore <clears throat> because they need too much electricity. It doesn't, mining Bitcoin is now not profitable. And so they can't scale it to 8 billion. And also there's too many people that don't make anything or grow their own food or anything. And they're, yeah. and they're, and the system isn't functioning. So they need to kill a lot of people and they don't have a way to do it outside of people's own vices. There's not going to be UN troops or anybody kicking in your door or mass executions or anything. It's going to be poison water, poison food, poison thoughts, suicide, you know, uh, drug addiction, yeah. homosexuality, transgenderism, <clears throat> molesting, sexualizing children so they can't have stable relationships. It's cold, but so logical where it's like, why do they break people's ability to have families? Why do they keep women in cubicles? Why do they uh, tell you that, uh, you know, marriage is slavery, but debt is freedom? It's because they're lower, they, they're trying to break and kill <clears throat> all the time, you know? Wear a mask, wash your hands 50 times a day, isolate socially, uh, don't meet anyone, don't be in love, eat poison food, have poison thoughts, drink pills, drink pills, dead. Chalk it up to Corona, next, next. And it'll be like, bang, bang, bang. And then the more this happens, the more the very systems that are not functioning are gonna just break. Yeah. And so you'll go into a grocery store and there it might be completely empty. And then you'll feel the real fear of what this existence really is. And you'll think of all the people that you um, condemned and you'll think of all the, the time you wasted and all the, the indulgences and it's gone. And yeah. there's, and then there's going to be a FEMA camp. That's going to say, we have enough food for you and, but you got to pay somehow. So you'll pay in labor. If you're too weak for that, you'll be, ex your organs will be extracted and sold. And yeah, that's like your, oh, your, value, your kidneys, your liver, your heart, your spleen, and, and I'm telling you, your, your body's worth hundred K. So that's that. And I, I know that sounds dark, but that's just one path. There's, there's another path that's unlimited beauty and people are like, Oh, how dare you? And I'm like, oh, dude, fine. And, and so I got a lot less angry and a lot more joyous and a lot more just like happy when I really realized it's not my job to save people. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's definitely true. But you're doing more than most people are. I mean, you've, you've reached hundreds and thousands of people. Um, when I look at my past life living in cities and drinking and drugs and all this right. stuff, it's like, it's like I've crossed over into a different existence. And the first thing that I had to do to, to have a new set of morality was repent for this life that I lived. I talked yeah. to Rush V about this a lot. And I think that that's why you're facing a lot of resistance because people don't want to look at themselves and be like, wow, I have a totally, I'm morally bankrupt. I've been wasting my life. I've been abusing myself. I've treated totally. people like garbage. And it, it makes for a difficult few years coming out of that life. I'm still dealing with the totally. wreckage of my past, you know? Um, can you talk a little bit about coming away from degeneracy and finding forgiveness, not just through Christ, but forgiveness in yourself and like moving on to having a family? Yeah. It's all about not lying to yourself. Yeah. You know, it's all about just being blunt and honest. And even if it just sucks, it's like one thing that I had to face and Roosh had to face is promiscuous heterosexuality is still a form of sodomy. So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's very easy just to say, Oh, these dirty gays and their dirty lifestyle. But it's like when you're a guy that's on the road and 
you know, you're just meeting new girls and having sterile sex with them. It's like, you're just a straight gay guy. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, to face that. And, and the cool thing about that is a lot of gay people have like related a lot to me because a lot of people won't say that, you know, you have a lot of condemnation where it's like, oh yeah, but I'm a man. I get to just do bang chicks and stuff. It's like, unless you're in that marriage, unless you're in that like fertile feeling that like marriage oriented thing, if you're just sleeping with strangers, it's really not that different. And so um, that took a little while for me to see and admit. And then also just how, for me, a big part of it was I didn't think I deserved anything better. Like I, uh, cause I was never out to hurt anybody or anything, but I, I was just, I, I viewed myself kind of as like this really funny kind of gypsy kind of piece of trash. <laughs> Where I'm like, I come to town, I crush the stage. Who wants to buy me a drink? You know, maybe some sex. Yeah. And then I'm out. Give me some money. I'll see you around. And if somebody had said that I could have like Amy and the kids and what I have now, I probably would have been like, no, I'm not one of those good people, dude. I'm a, I'm a gypsy trash. And so for me, it was more accepting my worth where I was like, I just saw myself as only as good as I could perform on stage or, or, you know, I was very into pleasing the, the crowd. And so, and I was just like motivated by kind of lower impulses. And so <clears throat> for me, it was just accepting that. And I had some self anger. I had some self I wouldn't call it self-hatred, but just like, I wouldn't accept that I should have a better life. I always yeah. just read myself as like a pirate or something where it's like, yeah, I might get thrown overboard if I piss someone off. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I had a very low fear level. I've always just had very, it might be biological, but low fear, low impulse control. Not like I, I can, but I just don't feel fear. And so, yeah. and my brother's a tree climber. It's, I think it's genetic. Like he goes up 200 foot trees and is like, and so, <laughs> and so, but at the same time, I didn't, I, I just didn't do anything really good. I was just kind of like, I was just going with the tides. I didn't have a route. I didn't have anything. And so over time, I think I just, um, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but I think, uh, I, I recommend people not be too hard on themselves. It's like, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing you've done that isn't already forgiven. You just have to be honest about it. You know, it, people, I know people that have killed a lot of people and they're like, and they've struggled with it and they've gotten through it and you know, it is what it is. And so yeah, yeah. if, if those people, if like someone like me who was part of like Hollywood agendas unknowingly, but I didn't ask any questions, I was fine with the paycheck yeah. and that's, you know, part of the military industrial complex and you know, the amount of women I wasted their time with just hedonism and just being motivated by, and I wasn't like obsessed with money, but I, I, I saw it as like a scoreboard where I'd be like, I'm worth that much. <laughs> and so, uh, being in that world and then leaving that world, it's like, there is moments where I was like, well, I was such a piece of shit, but yeah, every, you know, it's, everybody has that. There's nobody alive that has a right to judge you for what you've done. As long as you're honest. If yeah, you're that's watching, true. if you're manipulative, if you're still doing these things, people have a right to judge you. And, yeah, and I yeah. I think that on the right, especially um, a few years ago when the MRA stuff was really big, we really fell into some patterns of of people, especially women, being irredeemable. Like you, you're irredeemable if you've had 
X number of sexual partners, whatever. And then we would think the same thing about, about men. I mean, I talked to Rush uh, about this too, but um, promiscuity, it, it does damage men psychologically too. It's damaging for, for all people. And, and so I think that that's an important message that we need to have on the right is that through, through Jesus Christ and, and through, uh, you know, through church, you, you can find salvation pretty much no matter, <laughs> no matter what you've done. Some of the greatest people, um, in the pro-life movement have had abortions. They've had abortions. Oh, yeah. Themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. That, that's, Abby Johnson has had two abortions. Yeah. That's the thing is it's like, if you're honest about it and you just accept what it is, the, the, the worst people are the ones that won't accept what they did. And so they not only won't condemn it, it's, it, it's awesome. Like they're proud of it because yeah. they, you know, they want, but when you accept it, when you accept what you've done, and you accept that it's all it's it you know it's painful, but you'll not only get through it, you'll have uh, a lot of power and energy. You know, it's kind of like yeah. I've gotten a lot of men off pornography because, and that's not because I I didn't watch a lot of pornography. It's because I did. It's because <laughs> I understand that world. Like I totally understand that world, and like, and I'm that's why I'm so passionate about that because I'm like you're wiring your brain bad and you're wasting your life, and those girls are not just. Like they have bad lives. You know, I'm watching all these QAnon people trying to pretend that they're stopping sex trafficking while they're watching porn. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think that's from? That's sex trafficking. Like, where do you think these girls come from? Yeah. You know, they come, it's like, why do you think they have Eastern European accents trying to get a car wash in Miami? Like, do you think that that's organic? Like they're, they're bought. Some of these people are bought in Eastern European slave markets and the rest of them, a lot of them come from severe sexual trauma as kids. And I'm like, yeah. you're engaging in the fruits of pedophilia every time you watch pornography. And so you can obsess about Epstein all you want until you nip that in the bud. It's like, I think that's why a lot of those people were so vicious about it because they were part of it and they wouldn't yeah. see that. They wouldn't see that. Like every time you click, you approve, approve, approve. And then you're wiring your brain to be a voyeuristic kind of cuckold watching a girl relive sexual trauma. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I know cause I've done it a million times. I'm not saying that I'm this like pure angel, quite the opposite, but because of what I know, I'm like, the more you, you can redeem, you can get out of that and feel great. And you're like, wow, this is great. And then you want to tell other people about it. And I, cause I think that's America's opium war is porn. Yeah. I think like, yeah. It's taken the masculine energy and just bang. And it's made women weird and kind of insecure and like odd and kind of masculine. It's made. Yeah. And it's definitely changed sexual expectations in, in relationships. I think and that's a millennial yeah. thing, but like uh, I've had some friends who that um, they're on like a third date with somebody and they're like, this guy just expects me to have anal sex with him. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, or threesomes. It's always like, Oh yeah. Then can come hang out. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, and also it's just, it, it creates a cuckold in a man. It doesn't even make them more sexual. It makes them more like th their brain only sees that they're watching other people have sex. Yeah. So they, that's why you're seeing this rise of the gamma and the, and these type of, of men, quote unquote, that are just so creepy and weird. And they just like, look at you and they, they're keyboard warriors and they freak out because they, they're not engaged in their life. They don't have, yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're living these fantasy worlds, whether it's in the video games or the pornography. And don't get me wrong. Some of the video games are good. Logos driven, you know, problem solving. I'm not against all video games, but 
you know, the super violent ones, they're just like a warrior one minute. And then the next minute they're watching porn. They think that there's some Sultan. And I'm like, you're nothing <laughs> with your mom, dude. And it's like, yeah. like re-engage. And the more they're getting into the 3d stuff, it's like, it's like their brain thinks there's something they're not. And reality yeah. doesn't slap them in the face anymore. Cause they can live it in a cyber way until the food runs out. And it's, yeah. it's not yeah. if it's when. Yeah, because people aren't producing their own food and supply chains are being squeezed. And so at that moment, you know, all that whacking off is not going to give you any <laughs> life skills, you know? Yeah. And all of these people, um, you know, you can change your life and you can meet somebody. And within two years, you could have a family, you could have oh, a farm oh, oh. and things can change so, so quickly too. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good note to end on. Like, I, I, I know that I'm really blackpilled a lot on my channel and this is a big <laughs> failing of mine. Um, but I do think that it's really important to, to get that message out that we're all redeemable and that there yeah. is going to be opportunity for us in the new world that is, that's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And if um, life's closer to you, you know, yeah. like the six foot bubble is actually kind of an interesting metaphor. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. Keep the world tight, you won't feel as blackballed. You get the most blackballed when you're looking far away at the screens yeah. and at like institutions that you can't control. That's definitely true. Yep. If you want to find, uh, tell everybody where to find you one more time, um, that would be great. Unauthorized.tv. Uh, you can subscribe there. You can also join Bertaria Times, the app. It's just a great place if you're sick of the politics and sick of all the despair. Uh, just good people talking about good stuff. And then you got um, uh, unbearablesmedia.com is our media site. It's where we have all of our, the bears that make cartoons and all that stuff. We keep it at one site so they don't get canceled. We're, we're fundraising an animation movie. Um, and then I'm at Owen Comedy on Instagram. It's run by another guy, so I can do it. Uh, and then <laughs> I'm at Gab and on uh, Telegram. And you can check out, uh, the YouTube channel Tea Time with Gary and Terry, where I will be guest hosting indefinitely. And then there's another channel called Healthier Alone. It was hosted by this girl who is recommending everyone to social distance, wash your hands, wear a mask. She, she died. So I'm going to be guest hosting that as well in the future. She's dead now. So we all miss her. Cats ate her. Uh, no one knew where she was. <laughs> her health advice was terrible. She's she died 25. <laughs> She died of a COVID-related uh, ambient overdose. Mm -hmm. So subscribe to tea, tea Time with Gary and Terry, and then also Healthier Alone on YouTube, and that's where you can find me. And, and thank you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Slash Owen Benjamin, yeah. All right, cool. Um, thank you so much for joining me, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Awesome. Cheers.